Hi, I'm Jules Blackloft with All Books All the Time, a podcast dedicated to opening new minds to reading, especially for our youngest readers. Today, I'm so thrilled to have on the program one of America's best-known independent booksellers, Kaylin Bruce, owner of Open-Minded Books, located in Hamden, Connecticut. We'll be talking today about a book I remember reading as a child and which is currently gaining momentum in elementary and middle school classrooms around the country, Island of the Blue Dolphins by Scott O'Dell, published in 1960 and winner of the Newbery Medal in 1961. Kaylin Bruce, I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to the show. So first things first, as we're seeing this book on reading lists across the country, what is your first reaction? Was the story exciting? Was it satisfying? I felt like the story was not a huge page turner and not very gripping. I also felt like the end of the chapters ended with cliffhangers, but the middle chapters were a bit slow, and it wasn't very clear where the plot was in the middle of the chapter. The plot just wasn't very clear, and the characters weren't very clear either. But the ends of the chapters were all super gripping. They were cliffhanging, and when I had to stop, I was just sad and... But the book was just very sad, and but we'll get to that. Well, Kaylin, I'm sorry that the middles of these chapters weren't very gripping. That's kind of hard to go through a whole book and have only the ends of the chapters living in cliffhangers, though. I guess... Um, I know you're not reading this as a fifth grader or a sixth grader, but I know that a lot of them are reading this and wondering, can this story actually happen? Do you think that knowing that it's based on a true story makes the Island of the Blue Dolphins more believable? Um, so I think that overall the story wasn't very believable. Some parts of it were believable, like that there were wild animals that were hunting her down. But the part that really got me, that really just didn't seem to fit into the story was when um the girl um let the wild dog that she'd been hunting at the beginning of the story into her house it just didn't seem right that if you've been trying to hunt down an animal that you'd let them come into your house and share the food that just didn't seem to fit into like the plot of the story I was just kind of confused when I read that part because I thought something different was going to happen and that just really didn't work that really didn't work for what, like, I thought would be. Yeah, I kind of get that. I mean, who wants wild dogs in their home, right? Yeah, it's like she was hunting them down, and then she decides to let them come live in her house and, like, play with her. That just didn't fit into me. So that seems like a pretty heavy topic. Um, And I know I remember from reading this book as a child, and now talking to you, I did a little research in advance. Um, That's a pretty heavy topic. Do you think that this book is appropriate for fifth graders, or is it too sad? Or is it just right? So the thing with this book is that in the, the the whole beginning, it just... So as a fifth grader, I'm okay reading about like one or two deaths in a book. But this book, it was just the beginning was just like death after death after death. And then she just gets like hunted by wild dogs, her brother dead. It just like... I feel like there could have been more ups to the beginning and not so many downs and just like sadnesses right so putting yourself in a fifth grader's shoe you think yeah I think that was just a little bit too much to handle as a fifth or sixth grader so when when teachers and other fifth graders are coming into your bookshop and asking about this book um, do you have any suggestions for the teachers should they know more about 
Is there any background that might make it easier for them to read this and understand this story? So maybe, like, beforehand, like, if your whole class is reading the book, maybe say, like, all right, so, like, class, we're going to read this book. And then maybe give them, like, a little bit of information about the author's style, maybe other books that the author's written. Like, so if it was taking place in, like, Canada, maybe some backstory about, like, some of the things you're going to hear and, like, just maybe, like, pictures or something that just describes it because if I were a fifth grader putting myself in a fifth grader's shoes it would be kind of hard to think about all the things especially when like different people come like there wasn't I didn't really have any backstory if I was a fifth grader like I like when I read this as a child I didn't really have any backstory which was very unhelpful now that I think about it so I feel like as a kid if the teachers had like given me backstory, given, yeah, given us, like, maybe, like, some, a worksheet with, like, some pictures, I was looking at this website, I think it was, like, the National Park, and it had this whole thing on, um, oh, right, the National Park Service, yeah, it was this whole big thing about the author, and the process, and when it was published, and everything, and that just really helped me as an adult to understand, I don't know if it helped kids, but maybe, Teachers nowadays should look into giving kids a little bit of backstory and knowledge about this story. Right, and it seems like there is a lot of history about the Native American and tribes like, that were yeah, living on like the Channel some Islands. Yeah, animals that were there. Like as a kid, I didn't really have a clear picture. I kind of just went along with it. But now that I think about it, I should have because there wasn't Google back then. But like nowadays, kids just have to search stuff. But that doesn't seem right because like you can't always trust the internet. So, like, I think the teacher should maybe, like, write a paragraph for the kids or show them some pictures, like, give them some backstory about that. So, like, so like maybe some history of sea otter hunting or... Um, yeah, because those were some big things. In what the was book. going on in the Channel Islands. I find it completely amazing that this book is based on the true story of a 12-year-old Native American girl um, who lived on one of the Channel Islands in the 1850s. And I find that makes the story definitely more believable. Well, like... There are people, like, kids have heard of people who live on islands, but it's just really hard to believe that. The, it just didn't seem believable that, like, how she dealt with the animals wasn't very believable. And also just, like, parts of the books were just, like, didn't really seem like a kid would do that. It seemed like an adult would do that. And it just felt like it could have been more, like, kid-based, because if you're going to have a book for kids, why don't you write it like a kid? Right. Um, yeah, and I imagine that fifth graders now find it might find it very hard to relate to being deserted on an island and having to find your own food and make yeah. your own spears. And... Well, so the thing that I found about that was, like, there could have been more moments in this book where children could have related, like, maybe had, like, m- like missed her family more. Because it's kind of hard to relate to a girl who's making bows and arrows because nowadays kids don't do that. And it's, I think it's hard for, like, there could have been more, like, moments, like, where kids could relate because it's kind of hard to adapt to a book where you can't relate to anything. Because, like, I understand the part where, like, she didn't have a grocery store, but we do. But, like, maybe have more moments, like, of emotion and that type of thing. Now, here's an interesting question for you, kind of right along those lines. Do you think this girl, obviously, is using different skills than our fifth and sixth graders today might need to survive? 
Um, what do you think some of these skills that she had parents could glean from this story and maybe instill in their own kids? Obviously, parents back then were instilling different skill sets into their own children. But what things do you think might be helpful for parents of fifth graders now to employ? Can they get anything out of this? I think that there's a lot to take out of the story because <clears throat> parents nowadays, they just tell their kids if you don't know anything and if they don't know it, search it on the internet. But back then, parents would be more like, okay, I'll show you. Like, the, the parents were just like, let's do it. Like, come on, I'm going to teach you how to do it. You don't know how to do it? Okay, we're going to do it. And I just feel like um, parents nowadays can, like, look at it and be like, oh, maybe we should teach our kids more stuff in our free time and not just ask them to use the Internet. The Internet is great, but it can't do everything for you. And Karana, right, this, am I getting her name right? Yes. Karana did a lot of things that um, we might consider now, like, dirty work, right? Yeah, like, kids, like, fifth graders nowadays... When you go to the supermarket, you don't take the guts out of your fish, do you? Like, nowadays kids, I feel like this is the, the one of the things I found nice about this book was um, that, like, that it shows kids, like, there are people who have to do the dirty work. Like, when you go to the grocery store, fish don't just magically appear out of nowhere, like, freshly cooked for you. Like, people have to do the dirty work, and not a lot of kids do that. And right. so it's nice to just, like take a moment to think about, like, somebody is doing this for me. Like, I should be grateful about it. Right. And how about, she was pretty brave, true, right? Yeah, she, like, thought off, she thought off wild dogs and, like, beasts, and she, like, killed animals with a spear, like, risking that much. As a fifth grader, I wouldn't have done that, or right. a sixth grader. It's a little courage that we can encourage in, <laughs> yeah. in kids. Well, it's nice for kids to just see that, like, I can do that. Like, I'm a 12-year-old. I can, if she can do it, why can't I do it? They, I have more tools than her, so. And do you think that something about just being in nature? Well, nowadays, like, it's either, like, recess or going on a camping trip. But, like, kids, I feel like kids can think about, like, this girl, she didn't have a heated house to go into like her house was outside it didn't have a wood door like it's just I think it's like when you think about it she had a pretty tough life because nowadays kids they go outside and they're like oh I'm tired I'm gonna go inside but she couldn't do that it was either I'm gonna be totally outside or I'm gonna have half shelter <laughs> so true we wouldn't want that in New England this time of year would we yeah. so um do you, on, a, on sort of a slightly different topic, how do you think the author does in terms of showing how Karana's tribe is treated by outsiders? And do you think that children now can learn and take away from that interaction? Is that something that they are still seeing and can relate to? So when I was a kid, when I read this, I had some trouble because at my school when I was a kid, we'd never studied like the Russians or the like a lot of the British and so I had trouble, like, thinking about, um, because I didn't know a lot about those. So it's kind of hard, like, because her tribe was, like, half of her tribe, like, most of the men in her tribe died at the beginning of the story. Right. And it was just hard to, like, know a lot about the people who invaded her. 
because I didn't, like, know a lot about their culture and stuff, so it's just kind of, like, hard in that way. And it seems to me that we're 150 years later and we still are dealing with these same themes, though, right, of yeah, people, people invading and invasions and people not having tolerance for yeah and people. people have not a lot when i think it's a good thing that kids read this book because one of the good things about it is that some people might like some kids might think that they're not as well off as other kids at their school but if you think about it karana she didn't have television she didn't have the internet she didn't have google she had like no family all her family was gone or away somewhere and like she basically had a dog, and that was it. Right. She had the animals. That was basically it for her. Speaking of animals, um, you're an independent bookseller, and you're very connected to your community. How do you think her relationship and her changing relationship with animals over the course of the book could be useful to our society today? Well, nowadays people just treat animals as pests, but if you think about it, animals provide, animals and plants and trees provide a lot of our life. If there weren't like trees, then we wouldn't even be able to breathe. Like, if it weren't for plants, this place would be like really dull and not pretty. And as for the animals, like if it hadn't been for her like animal friends, she would have been very lonely. Like, and so her relationship with the animals, like the part where she was um, killing them for food, that would have been very important because if she hadn't had animals, like you can't just live on plants. Right. And so, and I think her relationship with the dog was just nice because she had, like, wish she would have been kind of bored and just doing work, but everybody needs somebody to play with. So. Right. Um, and you said something really important that I noticed. You mentioned um, her relationship with, <clears throat> excuse me, the trees and the forest and the plants around her. And it sounds like um, that's something that we still talk a lot about today. Um, we talk a lot about our relationship with natural resources and, and how do you think um, this theme in Island of the Blue Dolphins can be discussed with um, today's fifth, maybe sixth, seventh graders? Um, so the thing with this book is right now there's been a lot of like protesting about climate change and I think that this can really help young readers understand the depth of like um learning about the earth and protecting it because like the earth is in our hands and we have to try to protect it because if we don't then we're not going to have anything because the earth provides all of our life so we um need it and I think it's a really good message for kids because they can think oh there's a way I can impact it like the um, girl in the book, she impacted nature. She protected it. At the end of the book, she decided that she didn't want to kill a lot of the animals because many of them at the end of her book, I mean, at the end of the book were her friends. And that's really important to take. Animals aren't just like food and they aren't just like pests and you don't just have to like treat them as like minorities because they can really um, help us nowadays because especially during like climate change and that type of thing. Nice. Um, switching subjects a little bit more again, um, can you tell us a little bit if someone was coming into your shop and wanted to know, you know, what's the author's style? Am I going to like this? Is it similar to styles that I've read before? How would you place the author's style? And what worked for you in the style and what didn't? The style was just, it wasn't my favorite because if I was to place my, like, I, if I was to pretend I was a fifth grader, it's just... A lot of it was written 
very differently from a lot of modern books that have that fifth graders and sixth graders and seventh graders are reading today. So I think, like, if I was a fifth grader, it would just kind of be hard because it's hard to read a book that you can't really understand. And the author's style was kind of, like, choppy and so, and, like, not as descriptive as some people like. So that just might be hard for fifth and the grades to just work with because not a lot of people are used to it. So it's just kind of hard to, like, adapt to that. Right. And I know sometimes teachers, when I talk with um, when I talk with teachers and other booksellers and publishers, um, I know certain books tend to do better than others in audio format. Do have you seen this to be the case with this book? So the thing with this book is, when I ask when I go around to some schools, I travel a lot. When I go around to schools and I ask kids, "Have you read this book? Have you read this book?" Especially with this book. Kids have said, I've used the audiobook when their teacher have asked for them to do a project about it. And I think that's because it's back to what I was saying. It's just, it's a really hard, the Scott O'Dell, it's just, his style is very different from a lot of children's books nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just hard for kids to, like, especially, like, read it and especially like fifth graders. Keep their attention. Yeah, keep their attention because it kind of, like, went on forever. And at some points it got really boring because it was just, like, choppy and like different from what they're used to and so I think a lot of kids got the audio because it's sometimes easier to listen to somebody reading it but the thing that I find about audio is that people should balance it so like I sometimes read audio but you also have to read literature because then you're never gonna especially for young kids when you're learning like punctuation and the meanings of words it's really important that you like see examples of that because if there weren't any examples, then you wouldn't be learning anything. So I think it's really important that people balance it. But especially with this book, if I were a fifth grader, I would have gotten the audiobook the second I got the project. <laughs> right. Um, that's really important because I do feel like audiobooks and podcasts, and we have a lot of listening options out there, but there's nothing quite like snuggling up on a couch with a book in your hands, right? Yeah. Um, this has been such an awesome conversation. Um, to close, I would love to hear, you know, we all, especially with um, the holiday season right around the corner here, we all have our fingertips on so many devices and the ability to click go and have any book in our hands in two days, free shipping. Um, I'd love to hear sort of your comments on why independent booksellers matter. Why is your business still thriving? Why um, do you make a living doing what you're doing? And why should we continue to support you? So when I talk to friends and I say, have you read this? It's really important because if they've read it, I can have a conversation with them and say, what do you like about it? Like, do you think that this person would like it? And that's a really nice thing because if you go on Amazon and order a book, You can't talk to Amazon. You can't say, Amazon, did you like this book? And, like, when people come into my bookstore, I say, so have you read this? Did you like the author's style for this? And it's just really important that we support my, like, businesses like mine because then people can't have conversations with me. And it's really important that I find a book that that specific person will like. And that's just, that's a really important part of my life. And... And it's also important for the business part because people can't just live off Amazon. Like, And I think that it's really important that we take our hands off devices <clears throat> for a second and just have a conversation for once. Books, nothing better than talking about books. 
I want to thank you, Kaylin Bruce, so much for joining us today. I encourage you all to shop local this holiday season. I encourage you to visit Open Minded Books in Hamden, Connecticut. It's one of the best bookshops I've been in. And I am so excited to have Kaylin back with us in January. We've had a lot of new releases that are out in December for the holidays. I'm not going to tell you what she's going to be here discussing, but please tune in in January when she's back on the show. And if you're a kid, even if you're anybody, if you're a teenager, a kid, even an adult, I come around to many schools and I talk about books I've read and I recommend books. And so if you're looking for a book, you can um, email me, look at my website, or um, give comments on my podcast. Thanks. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you all soon.